Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest today who appeared back in January 2022, which was episode 203. Belinda Labatt, who's the CEO and director of Lamico Metals, who are a Canadian junior exploration and development company with properties in Quebec. They're focused on the development of a graphite and lithium project. Uh, Belinda has more than 15 years of senior management experience in mining and 20 years in the capital investment market. And he's here today to give us an update on the Mico Metals, um, talk about the battery industry in Canada and what the outlook is for the company. That's welcome, Belinda, to the podcast. How are you doing, Belinda? I'm doing great, Rob. It's nice to be back after some time has passed. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So just and obviously, like I said, I, I encourage people uh, after listening to this to go back to that episode, which is 203. Um, but I wondered if you can just give us a brief overview of of your background um, and also a little bit about Lameco as a company. Fantastic. Uh, so a little bit about me. I have been working, um, and I like to say that we are in the energy transition business. I feel that this is a very different uh, trajectory that we're taking with Lamico and other companies that are in this category of strategic or critical minerals. Uh, but my background is I've worked in the extractive industry for over 15 years uh, before that in investment banking. So my background very much on the finance, capital markets, and really business origination side. Uh, worked across all of the commodities from gold uh, and other precious metals to iron ore, uranium, and, and also international oil and gas. So I have a real appreciation of all the opportunities um, that the raw natural resources can bring into a community and a country. And what was so interesting for me uh, not too long ago, so starting with Lamico 21, just over a year and a half ago, was this idea that, well, we need to be looking at uh, mining in a different way. And what is that purpose that we're bringing to the table? And strategic minerals is all about uh, securing a domestic supply chain for these minerals for a renewable energy future and also for geopolitical security. So those two things to me were so interesting. They resonated with me. And we came together as a team, myself, Gordana um, Slepchev, who's chief operating officer, and Vince, as chief uh, financial officer, to move this idea forward and look at how do we build a major new energy business, a responsible operator in Canada and attracting capital here in Canada to develop these resources. And here we are with Lamico. We have had a great run in terms of uh, advancing the project technically and raising awareness of our ideas in the Quebec market. And uh, just as one uh, note, we do not have properties in northern BC. We are registered in BC, but the projects are exclusively in Quebec. 
and I'd say a fantastic jurisdiction in which to work. So here we are. I've gone from being an international um, uh, executive, I would say, in the mining industry to really focusing on energy transition and developing a project by uh, Quebecois Canadians here in uh, in Canada, in my backyard in Quebec, where I grew up. So I just wondered if you can give us an overview of uh, the Miko Metals. Obviously, uh, you've been with the company for a, a few years now. So I just wondered if you can just give us a brief overview of the journey. Yeah, let's uh, start with our, our projects. We have a, a flagship natural flake graphite project that we have mineral rights to in southern Quebec. It's a um, beautiful project. We drilled 13,000 meters this past summer. And that was really to advance the mineral resource and develop more knowledge on that. And so we, I will talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Um, that project is located inside Kitigan Zibi um, land, it's their traditional land. And in the time that we came in, we also realized that we need to develop a, a responsible solution for developing this graphite in the south. So we were going to acquire more claims so that we have a way to look at a hub and spoke production model in the future to build that resilient strategic stockpile. Currently, that resource has a 15-year mine life. With the claim staking, with the improvement and knowledge of the current resource, we see that we can go um, over 20 years or more in that area and as a responsible operator. Turning our attention to the north of Quebec, uh, we do have exposure to lithium. We'd like to see that uh, exposure build with other early stage projects. And right now, very excited to be moving forward with uh, Critical Elements as our partner there. That is Borier. Borier is just off the tip of the Namaska lithium belt on the north. We have an opportunity to earn in our first 49% this year, 49% equity in a massive land package, just over 100 square kilometers. And we can earn up to 70% with Critical Elements as the partner. And really, that is a question of getting a better understanding of the geochemical uh, analysis of the soil and surface sampling we've done. Again, there's a lot of prospects, a lot of targets. So it's taking some time to work our way through that knowledge base and then eventually uh, doing some drilling on that prospect. Before we talk about uh, the drill program, I see you had some great results with a tremendous 195% increase uh, in M&I. Can you explain a little bit more about the importance of uh, this mineral resource estimate? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the, the, the drilling of this prospect has occurred over the years, 2016, 2019, and then in, in other years as well before that. Uh, starting with very simple electromagnetic surveys that determine that, yes, there is, in fact, graphite all over this region. For us, this particular drill campaign was to augment the quality of the resource. It remains a geological model. It is not a mine plan. But with 13,000 meters drilled, we achieved a few things. So the first one was we converted the inferred resources into the indicated category or M&I category. We went from over uh, just over 23 million tons of indicated resource to over 68 million. That's that 195% increase that you noted. So it just shows 
um, that within that same footprint that we have this graphite at depth. And that's largely because we did shoulder sampling to show that we have graphite in the marbles. So that marble zone has a graphite that can be processed. So that's very important. We also were able to see that in both the EV zone and the battery zone. So the two deposits, there is the potential that they are open at depth and on the extremities. So we could do more drilling in the same footprint. So that was important. The other aspect is um, that we maintained the grade profile at four and a half percent with a very uh, lean one and a half percent cutoff grade showing the economic prospectivity of this particular deposit. And um, that has been uh, a great result. And then finally, uh, when you look at the resource and the grade in terms of in situ graphite, that went from just over 1 million tons to over 3 million tons, which should indicate an extension of the mine life there. Um, that is all very good to better understand that geology, that we are on the right track. And then when you combine that with the knowledge we've gained in the metallurgy of this particular deposit, that's what makes this exceptional. So those two items together, which we can chat about, uh, Rob, or I'll, I'll let you ask the next question, but we'll talk about the network for sure. Yeah, certainly. And obviously, talking about the metallurgical uh, results, um, obviously, you you have shown sort of great results. So what does that, I suppose, what, do, what does that mean for graphite um, and for obviously for the company? Well, in graphite, um, what you're looking for is you have various uh, products that can come out of a graphite mine, depending on the flake distribution. So you've got the large flakes, which are amenable to expand, uh, expandable graphite and the traditional refractory markets, uh, lubricants, pencils even. And then you have these fine flakes, which is really the, the base to which you would purify that into an anode material. And that's what makes graphite so exciting, and in particular in Quebec, because nowhere else in North America do we have this consolidation of natural flake graphite and a nice large proportion of fines available. And that's what we're finding in the Grenville graphite belt, and we're sitting basically in the heart of it. So with the metallurgical works that we did, we increased our knowledge base on the flake distribution, showing we have well over 60% of fines. And that means it's already um, finer. It can get into powder form so that you can uh, spherinize it and coat it and purify it for SPG level graphite, which goes into the anode. And just as a backup for anybody new to graphite, the graphite component of the anode in the EV battery is 95% of that. So it's, it's, it's heavy in weight, it's heavy in its value to the entire EV battery, and it has no substitution. Although you might see some, um, you might see some use of synthetic graphite that's a petroleum coke product. So it's really something the automakers want to steer away from over time. So back to your question, Rob, the Met work identified that we have um, the ability to get over 97% concentrated graphite with three cleaning cycles in the flotation circuit. So that shows very easy to process, very nice concentrate. 
to go into SPG and lower cost. And then the second set of tests we performed showed that it can be purified to SPG graphite at 99.95%, meaning we are ready to do more testing with battery makers and um, uh, automotive companies to determine that uh, that viability to the battery test. So it's a, it's a great result. How do you see the uh, uh, market demand and supply for graphite uh, this year compared to maybe last year um, and also obviously into the future? I would say, uh, let me answer that two ways. So what we what we know in the market is that it, graphite is going to experience a 30 to 40% growth rate in demand. Uh, the supply is not there because we simply have relied upon um, a stable supply chain that has come through the African continent and Brazil and China and then 100% processed through China. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I can see that is different from last year is that we are talking to the automakers, which means they are speaking to upstream companies to find that supply because the gap is going to be widening as of this year between demand and supply of natural flake graphite. And that gap uh, right now, you know, it's at an equilibrium. There might be a little bit more demand than supply, but it's going to widen to 8 million tons deficit by 2040 if we continue to grow the EV market. 8 million tons and just over 3 million tons deficit in the next three to four years. We would like to be in production in five years' time. And so you could see that we're really trying to get ourselves into that um, momentum where our product will be in demand in five years. And I can see the difference in terms of the prices have increased for anode grade in 2021. It was 575 a ton. Now it's 830 in 2022. It's going up still. It was 40% increase in price just in one year. And I, I can see that the, uh, the conversations are becoming uh, very specific, very strategic conversations in terms of what product you have, when will it be available, how do we work with you with samples, and so on. Yeah, I'm just going to go on to that. Obviously, the, the car manufacturers. And I've seen, I've seen the, obviously stories out there in various media. How far would you say, what, what kind of advanced stages are we talking about that these manufacturers are having with mining companies? Um, and are they, are they really serious about maybe investing and partnering with the mining industry uh, to obviously move the whole battery, battery transition forward? The, each one has its own strategy and view of the world. As you know, um, Power Co. is opening a plant in Ontario, and so eventually they will need the raw natural materials, but they've started with downstream. You've seen other companies, uh, Stellantis and others, that are looking at equity investments. You have others that have uh, developed venture funds within their group to invest in juniors like ours. So I think it's very uh, fluid at the moment. And I, I can't think of any other better word other than to say, this is disruption. This is what it looks like. People are learning and trying to ensure that they understand who is producing what and how to change that supply chain dependence 
from one that is not transparent going through the China axis and what it what it means to be investing in domestics like us in North America, where we have rigorous um, regulations in terms of, you know, permitting uh, requirements and environmental assessments, the community engagement. So I think we're very much in a learning phase, but I see that equity investments are uh, something that they are considering. And for us, it's really about creating that anode product that is suitable for a very specific use and a very specific uh, demand or supply profile. So we don't want to push out um, anything that isn't needed and wanted in the market. So that's why I think we're, we're such a great opportunity that way, because we are at that phase where we can create our mind plan, our, our entire process to meet the requirements of these automakers. And that's why we're having early conversations with them. It's very exciting. Yeah. And I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about the uh, lithium project. Absolutely. The Lithium Project uh, is our, our partner there is with Bourier. And I think um, Lithium in Quebec, you know, fantastic opportunity. Uh, Quebec is very supportive and able to, to move these projects forward. And it's, um, it's also interesting because it means that uh, people are busy. So the, the labs are busy. Uh, the turnaround to get uh, results back from any work that you're doing can take some time. Um, and that is what it is. I think it's probably a good problem to have. Where we are now is that we have a number of targets identified in um, in the Bourier Prospect, uh, generally towards the south where the Lamar showings are, which is another deposit just uh, contiguous to ours where they've had some good results. I can't point to any specific lithium um, results that we have because we haven't put a drill in the ground. So it's all about soil sampling, uh, pegmatites, and lithium, tantalum, cesium showings basically throughout the entire prospect. So it's it's all about focusing in the south and picking some other strategic targets uh, in, the, in the northern part of that project. And that, uh, Rob, we're going to be moving forward in the spring and we uh, will be letting the market know the results of that in uh, in the next months. And what, what have you learned sort of in the past past year, I suppose, and since we uh, last recorded an episode? Um, and how is your strategy adapting to those learnings? Well, for for certain, we we have done what we set out to do. And I think it's important that uh, people watching us and shareholders and those interested in investing, we are very much a company run by values of excellence and integrity and respect for, um, for everybody involved in these projects. So we set out to do what we said we would do. We've put the mineral resource estimate out. We've advanced the technical knowledge. We've worked with the Quebec um, communities and others to build our reputation there as an operator of choice. So what we have learned is that I think that the access to capital, uh, it's been talked a lot about in Canada, in the press lately, and you'll see it on LinkedIn feeds, that there's a lot of talk about investing in downstream renewable energy projects. So plants and, and power stations and 
you know, um, even EVs across all of these different categories, uh, passenger vehicles, trucks, lightweight buses. But there's been a lack of capital going into the extractive industry upstream. And Canada has, you know, um, all of the minerals we need for renewable energy future. We're the only country in the Western Hemisphere to be so well endowed with these critical minerals. But we need to move a resource into reserve. And so what we've learned is that the capital to move from PEA to PFS is still lacking. And we'd like to see government funding um, attack that particular challenge more robustly and provide uh, companies that are ESG certified like us with EcoLogo and, and that are working with communities to build knowledge and, and understanding to provide more grants for upstream companies. So that's one learning and I think the second learning is, um, wow, we are talking to other governments as much as we are talking to investors. So there's a huge uh, level of support for a Canadian-made product. Like we have a brand Canada here with our, with our graphite and lithium and, and other resources. We need to be working together, I think, with the government and, and other producers to build that brand Canada and then be able to look at premium pricing for you know, hydro, clean energy produced products and a responsibly sourced supply chain. So, um, yeah, that's been amazing just to see the reception from other countries towards a Canadian-led business. And how is the Canadian battery market? And I suppose focusing more so on the, on the East Coast. Well, we're seeing a lot of announcements being made for uh, plants and we're seeing people looking, uh, you know, we, we will we will see those conversations happening as well in our in our day to day work. Uh, people looking to plant a flag, as it were, in Quebec and Ontario for these downstream operations. And. I think that's fantastic, but what we need to do is to deal with the elephant in the room, which is where are we going to get these resources? Because there's not enough out there to recycle. <laughs> so recycling is great once we're 10, 15 years down the road and all these EVs start you know, turning around and the new generation coming in. But right now, the opportunity is to explore, develop, and put into production our critical minerals. And I would love to see an accelerated path that uh, includes First Nations um, in the impact assessments to really put those projects on the priority list ahead of others so that we can get them into production and feed these plants. And lastly, uh, what's the outlook for the next sort of six to 12 months for Lamico? Um, and if you've got yeah. any final thoughts. Uh, the outlook is, uh, so on the metallurgy side, we'd like to do more battery trials, moving from SPG into battery trials, as it were, and uh, working with partners in Quebec to get some grant funding for that. So I'd say stay tuned. Um, we are looking to do more work within Quebec on uh engagement with communities, social acceptability, uh, building the knowledge base around what it looks like to have these mining projects moving forward or industrial projects moving forward in areas that before didn't have um, 
you know, weren't looking at graphite as something that they were going to see in their backyard. So we're looking at more partnerships in that respect. And then uh, working with our current and new investors to fund the the last 50% of the PFS. We've done a lot of work. Uh, Gordana has been fantastic at moving forward all the studies to PFS. And we're about 50% of the way there. Now we need to do uh, some more work to bring in investors uh, to get the last 50% done and, and work with... Um, you know, other countries, other governments where they can uh, help us with uh, potential funding as well on these aspects, whether it's um, building knowledge on the battery trials or other grants that are available. We're, um, we're ready and open to do business with partners. Right. Belinda, really appreciate your time and uh, give us an update on Lamico Metals. Um, wish you well for the remainder of the year. And if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, if they want to so, uh, follow you on social media or follow uh, the company and, and get updates, how can they go about doing that? We are extremely active on social media. So definitely follow our Lamico Metals handle on uh, Instagram. I myself at Belinda Labat. I'm active on Instagram. We also communicate through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, but in particular to hear my voice, um, you you can find me on LinkedIn. And we have a uh, very fulsome uh, page on our website, which is the community page. If you're looking for just plain English understanding of our business and graphite, please head over there and take a look and then ask us uh, any questions. Yes, certainly. Um, like I said, really appreciate your time. We'll include all those uh show notes uh, sorry all the social media links in the show notes of companies podcast so our audience can easy uh easy uh, reach and look at the social media and obviously follow your journey so um like i said really appreciate your time uh perhaps come on uh later this year or even beginning part of next year uh, to give us an update absolutely would love to yeah no worries. thank you for listening audience um appreciate your continued support uh please share this episode amongst um, others in the mining industry, fellow colleagues or ex-colleagues, um, and also people outside of the mining industry to, um, to basically show, show people outside of the mining industry what we actually do and how important, how important mining is to our, uh, our future growth. And obviously, Belinda mentioned about obviously battery metals and obviously moving to electrification and and i'm sure a lot of people will be driving electric cars so this is obviously the, this is obviously the part part of uh, the primary materials that are needed for electrification so appreciate your continued support and until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time Happy Mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.